It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey guys, Gronk here, calling a 30-second hair huddle. When it comes to tackling hair loss, Hims has you covered. From clinically proven regrowth treatments to thickening shampoo and conditioner. Just go to 4 for a free consultation. Then a licensed medical provider can help you with your game plan. If prescribed, Hims ships directly to your door. Get your hair back in the game with Hims. Try today and get a 90-day money-back guarantee at 4 Just go to 4 slash NFL. That's 4 slash NFL. Restrictions apply. See website for full details and important safety information. You are locked on Packers. I feel like we can run the table. Do. Your daily Green Bay Packers podcast. Rodgers gets out. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Floats it. Your team. Oh. Every day. Touchdown. You are Locked On Packers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. I'm Peter Bukowski. And I cover the Packers for SB Nation and Packer Report. I cover the NFL around the internet. And you can follow me on Twitter at Peter underscore Bukowski. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast. iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts, wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers, the number one Packers podcast on the internet. And the show for fans who know what happened, they want to know why and how. Today on the show, we travel back in time. Mock draft Monday on a Tuesday. We will get to that in just a second. But I want to start the show with something that has come up since Sunday in particular because of what happened in the Super Bowl. And it is easy, I think, for fans to look at what happened and conclude, well, the uh, the Bucks did a thing that the Packers didn't do. And that was go all in. They got Tom Brady. They got Rob Gronkowski. They got Leonard Fournette. And that is, I guess, one way of looking at it. It is not how I think we should look at it. The Bucks spent... A number of years, I mean, really 10 years, if we're being honest, trying to put together a team that was anywhere near championship caliber. And it took a lot of draft capital to get to this point. It took a lot of first round picks to put Devin White and Vita Vea and Levante David and Mike Evans and Tristan Wirfs and all of these guys on this Team. It took a lot of top 15 picks to put together the top end talent on this team. And then you add in second round picks, guys like Carlton Davis, Jamel Dean, Antoine Winfield, you, you know, top 100 picks like Chris Godwin. They put a lot of high end equity into this team. They were a borderline playoff team last year with a quarterback who turned the ball over more than anyone that we've seen in recent league history. What they added was Tom Brady. That was the big piece in the offseason. Tom Brady bringing in Rob Gronkowski only happens because Tom Brady happens. And the rest of the league was content to let Antonio Brown spend the rest of his life picking fights with YouTube stars on the internet. 
it was Tom Brady who wanted him in Tampa Bay. The only one. By the way, Bruce Arians didn't want him in Tampa Bay. But Brady advocated hard for a guy no one else wanted for very real reasons and viable reasons. I don't think Aaron Rodgers would have agitated for Antonio Brown. The the things that the Bucs did preceded Brady, really. Brady parachuted into a situation with Scotty Miller, Cam Brate, O.J. Howard, a really good offensive line, um, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and all of the weapons that they had offensively. And defensively, they were already an elite defense last year in terms of run defense. You have Shaq Barrett and JPP on the corners. You've got Vita Vey in the middle. You've got Devin White and Levante David. And you have Sean Murphy Bunting, Carlton Davis, and, and this young group in the back end, all of whom have real draft pedigree. When we think about going all in, usually what we think about is short-term risk, regardless of the long-term implications. We think of robbing Peter to pay Paul. And you have seen teams like the Saints do it. You've seen teams like the Eagles do it. They're a combined billion dollars over the salary cap in 2021, even with the more favorable circumstances, because they have kicked the can down the road in an effort to go, quote unquote, all in. Generally speaking, it is not a good strategy. The the thing about what the Packers did last offseason is... And, and I think reasonably so, fans go, well, look, they lost the game against Tampa. Tampa hit on Tristan Wirfs and Antoine Winfield. The Packers got a quarterback who didn't dress all year and a third-string running back. Okay, reasonable. That's reasonable. Here's my counter to that. The Buccaneers drafted two really good players. Two really good players at positions where they could not just un, not just recently, where they could and likely would be the number one option going into the season. They would be the preferred starter. The Packers didn't have those options. They didn't have those spots on their roster. And in retrospect, they could have drafted another cornerback to give them more depth. But they had another quarterback with high draft pedigree who couldn't get on the field when Kevin King was healthy. This team believed in Kevin King. This team believed in Shannon Sullivan. And that is a a flaw in self-scouting in retrospect, but not a flaw in approach. They didn't go into the season going, yeah, we know that we have these issues, but we're going to draft Josiah DeGuara instead because he can help us in a year. I think there is this perception among some group of fans who are just like, well, they're always playing for the future, never for the now. The irony about that is they drafted A.J. Dillon because they wanted him to play now. They drafted Josiah DeGuara because they wanted him to play now. And A.J. Dillon, by the way, just objectively better than Keyshawn Vaughn, the top 100 pick that, that the Buccaneers used on a running back. Vaughn couldn't get on the field. In fact, the only reason... Leonard Fournette was even on the Buccaneers in the Super Bowl was because number one, Ronald Jones couldn't stay healthy. Well, Aaron Jones played pretty well most of the season. Um, the, the backup was just bad. LaShawn McCoy couldn't even get on the field. Packers actually had a really good second running back. And then you have your rookie who can't play. 
He can't be on the field some, for some reason. Not good enough. They don't trust him, whatever it is. So they had to go out and sign Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette wasn't a luxury. Leonard Fournette was a necessity. So when we look at what Tampa Bay did, the best players on their team were already in place. They were drafted or they were signed previous to this past offseason. The Buccaneers didn't go all in for 2020 after they signed Tom Brady. Tom Brady was the all-in piece. The Packers have Aaron Rodgers. They started to go all in in 2019. That made it difficult to go further in in 2020 because of the financial restrictions. And it makes it even more difficult in 2021 because of the shrinking cap. Now, the money is all fake and there's always money in the banana stand. All of that is true. All of that is true. But if what we care about is the outcome, look at Green Bay's team. Green Bay got better. Green Bay got better internally. And the reason Green Bay got better, and we've, we've had this discussion on the show before, but I think it bears repeating. The reason Green Bay got better is Adrian Amos played better. Darnell Savage took another step forward. Jair Alexander took another step forward. Marquez Zaldez-Scantling took another step forward. Big Bob Tunyon takes a huge step forward. Billy Turner in year two takes a step forward. Elton Jenkins in year two. Billy Turner year two in the offense and, and year two with the Packers. Elton Jenkins year two in the league takes a step forward. It was the 2020 draft that we focus on, and yet it was the 2019 draft that stepped up in a big way this season. Rashawn Gary picks up the slack when Preston Smith, who was a big money free agent, his play regresses. We're only saying the Packers didn't go all in because of that first round pick. And, and were there players who could have come in and helped them right away? Yes. But I think this idea that there were these glaring areas of need that the Packers passed on in favor of Jordan Love and A.J. Dillon and Josiah DeGuara is just not borne out by what we saw on the field. This was the best offense in the league. The best offense in the league. Aaron Rodgers was the MVP, 48 touchdowns. They didn't have a problem scoring against anyone except this one defense. This one defense. And that one defense, by the way, stifled Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, and Tyree Kill on Sunday because they couldn't block either. They had backup tackles in the ballgame. And by the way, the Chiefs would have traded all the barbecue in Kansas City for Rick Wagner to have been their starting tackle in the Super Bowl. Theirs were even worse. The Packers had a plan. That's that's why I'm so frustrated with this narrative. Okay, Green Bay loses to Tampa Bay because of the offensive tackle play. Well, they could have taken one in the first or the second or the third. That's true. That's true. But when the draft came around, they had David Bakhtiari at left tackle, Billy Turner at right tackle, who, by the way, played really well this year. And a proven veteran, exactly the kind of player the fans who are saying that they're not going all in wanted the Packers to get. And yet, because they signed him and believed in him, 
they decided to go in another direction to try and draft players who they thought would have not only an immediate impact now, but right now, A.J. Dillon is the only running back under contract on this team in 2021. He very well could be the lead back in this offense. And by the way, I think he could handle it, especially if they give him a complimentary sort of speed receiving back. There are a lot of them in this draft, by the way, third, fourth, fifth round. There's The middle of this draft is ripe. It is bursting at the seams with, you know, gadgety playmakers that you could insert into Green Bay's offense and immediately have some fun pieces. What Green Bay did worked out. They had a really good team. And I think we get bogged down too much in how you felt about the process. And and by the way, I'm not just speaking to fans. I, I think players think this. I think it's likely Aaron Rodgers thinks this. That they didn't go all in. And my And my question is, when you have the number one offense... And in 2019, you spent heavily on these guys. You invested heavily in the defensive um, positions that that you, you needed, or at least you thought you needed. I mean, Green Bay went into this season with a number one pick and two second round picks in their secondary at, at just at corner. And then a first round pick at safety and a high price free agent at safety. Theoretically, outside of Chan and Sullivan, all their other corner pieces, secondary pieces were pedigree guys. You look at the defensive front, same deal. Preston and Zedarius Smith, high money free agents. Rashawn Gary, first round pick. Kenny Clark, first round pick. Dean Lowry's on a second contract, a real veteran second contract. Now, okay, sure. Chris Barnes, undrafted free agent, but Christian Kirksey, he was a free agent who got a real contract. He got hurt, wasn't good enough. Camille Martin was actually the best of the linebackers in training camp. He gets hurt. Injuries happen too. I think what what we often want to do is point to personnel flaws. We want to point to our feelings and say, okay, well, I told you that this was going to come back to bite them. And despite the fact that they went 13-3, and had the best offense in football, got home field advantage, and the only team all season that showed any ability to beat them was themselves. Sure enough, in the NFC Championship game, they play poorly. They don't play to the best of their ability. And now we're saying, see, I told you so. They weren't good enough. No, they weren't good enough in the NFC Championship game. This roster was good enough to win a Super Bowl, and we saw it on Sunday. If the Packers beat Tampa, especially with KC dealing with the injuries that they were up front, I know that that JPP and Shaq Barrett were playing better in the playoffs than than Gary and Z and, and those guys. But it sure seemed easy for them to get anywhere they wanted to. I mean, Patrick Mahomes was under pressure, I think, 60% of snaps. Green Bay could have gotten, you know, 45%, 50%, something like that. I mean, it's not like Green Bay doesn't have anyone. Now, none of this is to say Green Bay couldn't have done more to make the team better. I'm not saying that. And I'm not saying that they maximize positional value, especially on day two. My point is, The idea that Tampa went all in, just really not true. Most of the work happened ahead of time, just like Green Bay. And this team's roster was pretty well set. 
I mean, we longtime listeners of the show remember last spring. I'm I'm sitting here. We're going into the draft, and I'm going. Yeah, there's not really anyone who's probably going to start. Even a receiver is probably not going to start. Start. You know, they're not going to be the second receiver in base packages. And especially with with the way that the Packers use Alan Lazard as a blocker, he is a vital part of their run game. Matt Lafleur loves Alan Lazard. Aaron Rodgers loves Alan Lazard, and Marquez Valdez Scantling as a deep threat. We saw it led the league in yards per catch. The talent is real. He had a great game in the NFC Championship game. Again, not to say that they couldn't have found some better pieces to add in to supplement the talent. But we're going to sit here in 2021 and A.J. Dillon is going to be, if not the starter, a major piece of this offense. Josiah DeGuara was set to be a major piece of the offense before he got hurt. And Camille Martin could very well be the Packers starting linebacker. John Runyon Jr. probably going to be the Packers starting guard. And we're going to go, oh, oh, okay, okay. And guess what? The Packers are co-favorites in the NFC. Co-favorites. So they're still going to be really good. The window's not closed. They can go compete for a Super Bowl next year. And guess what? They're going to need the 2020 draft class to be a big part of it. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Bet Online. Football may be over, sadly. Hey, but guess what? You know other kind of stuff you can bet on? There's still football you can bet on because we still got free agency. We still got the draft. Bet online is great for the prop bets and all that stuff. They've got, guys, this is serious. They they let you bet on reality TV, bet on golf, bet on soccer, bet on the NBA, bet on the NHL. It's all there for you. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. And right now, when you use the promo code LOCKDOWN, you'll get a 50% welcome bonus with that first deposit. That's a 50% welcome bonus money just for signing up when you use the promo code Locked on. Hey, listen up, FanDuel Fantasy players. Your day is about to get 20% better. This is Vinny Iyer, host of Locked on Fantasy Football here on the Locked on Network, and I have an offer for you. Start playing fantasy this football season, and FanDuel will give you a 20% bonus on your first deposit. That's up to $500. That's a big-time bonus, and all you need to do to claim it is to make your first deposit on FanDuel. I love the fantasy contests they have on FanDuel. So many different ways to play, cash games, tournaments. I like to challenge myself there Take my fantasy football knowledge to the next level. Many different types of game formats you can pick from. Main slate, single game, best ball, snake draft, and you can even play private contests with your friends. There's an awesome slate of games on hand every single week. You can get the players that you don't have in your redraft leagues into your lineup. Try to get that big time return on investment. Every week is a new chance for you to win big at FanDuel, and that's what I love about it. Experience season-long wins without the season-long wait. Sign up today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your bonus and start playing today. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Agent location restrictions apply. Bonus issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires after 30 days. You look at Kyle Krabs' mock drafts on the Draft Network, his mock draft 5.0 from Sunday night. And there's a lot of good stuff in here. And, and Kyle is our Locked on Dolphins host. So always, you know, always fun to, to promote his work. Um, he has at 29, the Packers getting Tevin Jenkins, offensive tackle from Oklahoma State. And he said, you know, he really would love the Packers to get a wide receiver here. Um, but they, they don't take them. <laughs> That's actually what he said. And they, they do take an offensive tackle in this spot over Nick Bolton, the linebacker from Missouri over Terrace Marshall, 
the the receiver from LSU, and over Christian Barmore, the defensive lineman from Alabama. This is only a one round mock, but uh, you know it's it's still I think a a good indication of what Green Bay's priorities could be early. I did uh, my mock as part of mock draft Monday. Although again, it's Tuesday. I get it. Um, and I had a very similar thought with the way that I was looking at this draft. I had uh, Jalen Mayfield, the offensive tackle from Michigan in the first, and I'm really interested to see how the Packers attack the middle of their field defense because, you know, we heard from um, Tom Silverstein yesterday about, you know, what what Joe Barry is going to bring, and, and uh, it sounds like, you know, the Packers, we, we talked about it a little bit. Well, we talked about it a lot. Um, that this is going to be a lot uh, of similarities to the Rams defense last year with Brandon Staley and the Fangio stuff. And, uh, you know, Spoon rightly pointed out that a lot of those defenses, the ones in um, Chicago with with Danny Trevathan, Roquan Smith, and the ones in San Francisco with Patrick Willis and Navarro Bowman, they worked best with a really good set of inside linebackers. Now, the Rams, they had a number one defense last year with you know, Micah Kaiser, Troy Reader, you know, and and really a, a no-name group of off-ball linebackers. That's the Packers' approach, more or less. Still, I think Green Bay needs some speed in in that spot. I, I think I think Camille Martin, frankly, could be that guy. But I, I still think another overhang defender, whether it's a speedy linebacker or a safety who can do a little bit of everything, is um, very much in play. Early in this draft, in in this in this situation, I got Javon Holland, safety from Oregon, in the second round. I wouldn't be surprised if safety is on the priority list here. And it's interesting because, you know, Barry went to the Chargers as the passing game coordinator because of the way that they played this defense. Safeties were linebackers, and linebackers were safeties. And so, as the linebackers coach. Barry really had his hands in a lot of different pieces of this defense. Outside linebacker, pass rushers, inside linebackers, run fits, um, zone drops, man man responsibilities. And then you've got Taylor Rapp, John Johnson III, some of these guys who are who are moving around, playing in the box, and playing de facto linebacker. So he, he has knowledge of every part of the game. And as you heard yesterday, really values speed. Speed is a huge thing for him, and, and so I think getting an overhang defender who can really run is something that that Green Bay is going to prioritize. In the third, I got Amari Rogers from Clemson. A lot of Randall Cobb in his game, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less explosive, a little bit more like late era Randall Cobb, but he is smart. He's shifty, and he's a different kind of guy, someone who can be a punt returner as well, give you a little run after catch, could could play the Tyler Irvin role. This is this is the range for me. You know, from the third round to the fifth round, in the, in my mock, I got Amari, Amari Rogers in the third. I got Marlon Williams in the fifth, and Jalen Darden in the fifth. Though that's that's great. I love that. And and Darden might not be on Green Bay's board. He's a little small, but the 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 upside there with his speed. I got Jamar Jefferson, the running back from Oregon State, in the sixth. I mean, those are those are four guys who can come in and and maybe only one one and a half hit for you. That is something that. 
the Packers, I think, could benefit from. It's it's role players. It's role players. And and again, not to not to beat a dead horse from from the first part of the show, but this is what Green Bay could have done and didn't do at the receiver position. You know, instead of someone that, you know, you know, look, John Runyon Jr. looks like he's going to be a player. Kamel Martin looks like he's going to be a player. We don't know who these other guys, but they had some opportunities to take, you know, maybe a talented but inconsistent or just, you know, a ball of tools receiver late. They didn't do it. Ball of tools running back late. They didn't do it. I think this could be a draft where we see a couple of those guys go. I got uh, two corners in this draft. I expect Green Bay to sign someone. And we don't know what the future of, of Joe Barry's staff is yet. But I expect them to sign someone at corner, whether it's Xavier Rhodes. Um, you know, Fansider reported yesterday that Patrick Peterson and the Cardinals are going to part ways if he wants to go chase a ring and, and play for a little less money. Something that could interest Green Bay. I think Green Bay is going to be in the market for some of these free agents that get squeezed out. And you can you can finesse the cap, as Mike Silver put it, and you can you can work around it if the Packers want to extend Aaron Rodgers. Uh, by the way, I don't think they do, but they could. Um, then you you can create some more some more cap, and and you can have some opportunities to be a little bit more flexible, to be a little bit more aggressive. They're not going to go get Allen Robinson. They're not going to go get Kenny Galladay. Like, let's just put that out of our minds now. And if I'm on cold takes exposed later because they they somehow did it, hey, listen, great. I'm happy to be wrong about it. I just don't see it. And so, you know, I think we should be realistic about what the expectations are for all of this. And speaking of realistic expectations, most of the time when you go to buy car parts, you expect to be jerked around you expect to be frustrated and annoyed and deal with all kinds of things because it's not probably your area of expertise let rockauto.com help rockauto.com is a family business that's been serving auto parts customers online for 20 years go to rockauto.com to shop for your auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps motor oil and even new carpet whether it's for your classic car or your you're a daily driver get everything you need in just a few clicks delivered directly to your door Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low. The same for professionals and do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com and see all the parts available for your car, truck, and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. David Harrison here, the Locked On Washington football team podcast, celebrating with you a 21-grain salute to a less boring sandwich thanks to Dave's killer bread i don't know about you guys but when i eat pizza i eat it for the toppings not the crust and when i eat a sandwich it's for what's inside the bread not for the bread but when i throw a sandwich on 21 whole grains and seeds thin sliced bread from dave's killer bread it is the epitome of addition by subtraction that thin sliced bread lets me focus on what's inside the sandwich but also adds to the sandwich with killer taste killer texture killer nutrition a subtle sweetness and a seed coated crust dave's killer bread is america's number one organic bread for a reason it tastes so stinking good dave's killer bread is made with the highest quality organic and non-gmo ingredients and is power packed with whole grains fiber and protein visit daveskillerbread.com to learn more and look for dave's killer bread in the bread aisle of your local grocery store as of this recording we don't know um the future of green bay staff 
And so far, there have been no telegraphed moves. There have been no rumored changes. You know, it's possible that that they just make this move. And, you know, while Joe Barry's track record as a coordinator is not impressive calling the shots, um, he's done it. And so it could be the case that, you know, this is a staff that that understands that and says, OK, look, he's you know, he's 50. He's been in the league a long time. He's paid his dues. He's just going to come in here and, and replace Mike Patton. And that's going to be that. And everyone's roles are going to stay the same. That would be atypical for the league, but not dissimilar from what the Rams did with Wade Phillips and Brandon Staley. Joe Barry stayed. Hero Evero stayed. A lot of that staff remained intact to learn a whole new defense, by the way. I mean, Evero luckily had had learned it under Vic Fangio in San Francisco, which is part of why I think he was ultimately a finalist. Uh, but we, yeah, we don't know what the situation is with, with those guys and, and if there are going to be changes made. So something to keep an eye on here moving forward. I think, you know, Tom makes a, a, a good point in his piece yesterday about, you know, Matt LaFleur doing something. And I don't even know how he could do it, but he is, according to that report, aware of how this looks aware that it seems like cronyism that he just hired one of his buddies and aware that he passed on to black coordinators and that you know he picked a 50-year-old white guy in a in a locker room that may have feelings about that and we know that they probably do at least some of them because we've heard players express those frustrations and, you know, high profile guys like Deshaun Watson have had major issues with it. And so it's just I think um, it, it, not that there needs to be repairing done, but Malafleur made this decision with that understanding. I think that part of it is good. Uh, the Packers defense just needs to be good. You know, if Joe Barry is good, no one's going to no one's going to worry about it because it, then they'll be like, OK, well, he's a good coach. And obviously, you know, he got the job. Whether or not that's going to be the case, you know, a lot, a lot remains to be seen on that one. Uh, we'll be back here tomorrow. Follow me on Twitter, Peter underscore Bukowski. Follow the podcast on Twitter, Locked on Packers. Like us on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. Wherever you find podcasts, you will find Locked on Packers. And anytime you want to hit us up on the Locked on Packers fan hotline, you can do that, 920-341-3775 to stay Locked on Packers. Locked on Packers.